Right, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We're doing a very, very, very rare thing these days and doing a podcast. And we're doing the podcast straight after the match. I'm John, and uh, I'm not dead, neither any of the other four blades. So we're back to talk about Bristol. And I'm joined by Dan. Good evening. Evening, chaps. Philip. Good evening. Oh, you made out it's John speaking very quietly because he's better off, goes back to work for the first time tomorrow. So he's trying his best not to wake the baby up. Yep. Thank you. There you go. Cool. <laughs> Extra knowledge all the time. I feel like you should, Ian should give a comment about you now, Phil. Like, and Phil's wearing a blue and white striped top, which is. It's not striped, it's hooped. QPR fan. <laughs> oh, Ian's here as well. We've ruined Ian's introduction there. Hello. And uh, yeah, so um, we thought we'd get online and do this. We've been meaning to record for a while. But in true four-blade style, the football's been shy uh, on, on the whole. So our efforts to record have been equally shy. Um, but we, we had a good win on Saturday. And then we saw the team for Bristol tonight. And to be honest, I was nervous. And then I watched the first half and I was depressed. Uh, I don't know if anyone else had a better experience of the first half, but I thought we were... We were really poor. We weren't. We weren't progressing the ball very well. We weren't retaining possession, and uh, it looked like we we're in for a long night. I don't know why anyone else saw that first half. I think it's not for the first time this season that I think that the manager has to shoulder some of the blame. First half, and there's no excuse for lack of fight and lack of drive and not being able to keep hold of the ball from time to time. But he just got it wrong in terms of his team selection and, and the formation we played and the players that played out of position unnecessarily. And there was no surprise that when he played our best player back in his best position, all of a sudden we looked a better side again. And ultimately, that Njai, that player, scored the goal that, that won us the game. And it, it was attritional all game, really, wasn't it? And the weather didn't help. But I just, again, I'll repeat what I just said. It, it seems to be quite a theme that Heckingbottom doesn't seem to be helping these players sometimes with this selection. Well, I, I didn't see any of the first half. I, I was I was out running tonight. You got the best view of it. It's club night, and and I kind of got back and first thing I, I I've been able to feel my phone kind of buzzing in my pocket, which was obviously you lot talking on on one of the groups. Um, and when I finished, I pulled my phone out, and the first message was always one from Phil that just said "wank that." So I kind of knew. It wasn't a good half. Um, so then I got in the car and drove home and Asaba was talking at half time and he was talking about Njai being moved. And he said, basically, he, he said, I can't get my head around the fact that he's our best player, our best striker, but he's the one that's moved into a, into a kind of deeper line role. He said, you know, that there should be, if, if that's the case and we need someone to play that kind of number 10 role, then that should be someone else. You shouldn't move your best player into that role because then basically you're affecting two positions. You, you've, you've got Njai playing out of position and then you've got someone else playing where he should be playing. So you, you kind of weak, you're almost kind of, it's like a double whammy. Is, oh. do, do you know the confusing thing? It, it now makes sense why he did that on Saturday. So he dropped Njai back to the role they ended up starting the game today. And I think he might have done that in hindsight with a bit of a view to, to today's um, lineup and and who he was going to play where, but it didn't work Saturday, 
We lost all the momentum Saturday. Weaker with him there Saturday, and he looked lost Saturday. So why start him there today? It just made no sense to me whatsoever. And Kadra getting hooked after 30 minutes, I mean, that's a proper kick in the teeth for someone that's struggling with confidence was, anyway. Was it was he that bad? Because I mean, realistically, to get pulled to get hooked after 30 minutes, you've got to be having a two or three out of ten. I mean, don't get he was no pulled worse. after half an hour for having a six out of ten deal. He, he was no worse than anybody else. I think that's the thing, Phil. He was there was a lot of shit performances. Um so to pick him out, now I understand needing to put needing to maybe address the fact we're being overrunning midfield, but I don't know. I think it I think it's poor management with Kadra. Whatever your opinion of him, I think some people got a bit frustrated about him coming out with a, a bitchy comment or two on Instagram about not starting and stuff. But those first time he was involved this season, he looked really electric, willing to take people on. And that's, he's now looks to play a shot of confidence, fall it, going straight down the tunnel and stuff. And to be honest, if you dragged off for half an hour, you're going to be pissed off, aren't you? Whether he deserve it or not. You know, yeah, absolutely. He's going to be pissed off. And I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him again. Because I wouldn't be surprised if he downs tools and, and demands a move back to Brighton or a loan move elsewhere in January. We've joked about it tonight on the on the WhatsApp group. But a friend of the pod, Luke, Post, Luke Press, said halfway through the first half, would have been better off keeping Burke and not signing Bacadra. And I, I, I just... <laughs> But I don't, I don't see what Kadra offers. And I'm not saying he's had the chance to, although he started the game today and didn't really take it. But I don't know. There's nothing there. There's nothing that grabs you that makes you think, yeah, he's going to actually kick on and come good second half of the season. For me, anyway. He had, I... an, extended, he had an extended run out in that under-21 game for Germany at Bramall Lane. And didn't do a great deal that night. He lost the ball a couple of times quite yeah. early on and lost his head. Yeah. But players like him are going to lose the ball, aren't they? That's the thing. Oh, yeah. It's it what we said as soon as we saw him. We all, and I think, Dan, you were keen to say there'll be probably more games than not where he doesn't do anything. But he also will have games where he does. And I, I, I don't think we've seen enough for him. I think it's, it's an interesting one. I think two things happen, Phil. It's either what you say or he's in training tomorrow and you get a reaction from him, but whether you get that off somebody who isn't under contract at the club and has already maybe shown um like petulant tendencies, if you will, is a different one. But I I don't know. I thought, I thought it, it was a lucky at one point, John though, because and Jai could have put him through. Mm. And it summed up that first half actually because we got, you know, one time we got into a really good position. It was just a loose ball or just a lack of thought that just meant you know, and Jai just took that one touch too far. If he'd have released Kadra, he'd have been through probably one on one with the keeper with a burst of pace, and, and he but, didn't. And first off, like other, obviously the other notable, notable thing with it, the ch- sharp chance where, I mean, he's about my height, so I don't know what he was trying to do with that header. To be fair, but, do you know what it reminded me of, John? Do you remember the goal against Derby that he scored, where he he put it back across the goal? In front of the Bramall Lane end, and he yes. went in, 
right against the far post. I think he was trying to do a similar sort of thing, put it right back across the keeper, so the keeper's wrong-footed, and it didn't go far enough across. But He didn't seem to generate any power, really, on it, did he? It, it didn't with that either. If you remember, Scott Carson seemed to let it trickle in, but it was too I mean, far away. So, I think that's what we, that's why it went in, bloody Carson. <laughs> but like, um, with, and then there was just, there was an overly familiar... Uh, familiar familiarity to like some of like Fleck looked like you were running in treacle. Robinson's distribution were dog shit. Osborne looked like you were just like the you know like that little triangle on the left hand side of the pitch wasn't really clicking and stuff, and it was just a frustrating half. I did think we looked a damn sight stronger second half when Osborne replaced Fleck in midfield and Ender came on. I yeah, Osborne for all his all his negative tendencies and, and we could talk about them all day long but his positive tendencies are he's, he's a he's a ratter and he gets about the midfield energy and he's, he's yeah he's all action and he well and, i think um on blade's pod andrew made a really good point when he said this week he was just like i think he's really osborne he's just gets on with it and, he, and i think that's a really in the situation we've been in and where we've needed him when basically that entire side of the team well, he has. He'd been the like one of the only left-footed players we had left a few weeks ago. Like, he's been completely depleted, and he's had back-to-back injuries this season. He's he's done all right, but all in all, I thought the first half was really, really poor. And then I'd no sooner like fanned about a bit at half-time, came downstairs. I was like, "Bloody hell, we're in here!" And then we scored, and it's just it was a really surreal moment. Because I thought Njai was offside. I was, con- I was convinced he was. But there we are. Well, Sky will try and convince you all day long that Sharp was and the goal shouldn't have been allowed. But respect the referees. Remember that. Well, I, I like I like Sky's attitude to respect the referees when they then they did all but name the linesman's address and postcode and mobile number. You know, there he is. There's the man. Give him his full name. Put him on full screen. But respect the officials. We won't. I mean, don't wait for them to score, could I? The thing is, though, when you've got like, I know we all we always said the same about Inchcliffe, but when we watch the game on Saturday and you've got Mick McCarthy, who's managed team, he's had very he's had varying degrees of success, but he has taken teams out of that division. He's actually got a personality, uh, which is something quite a lot of them. I like Mick McCarthy. I could listen to Mick McCarthy. Well, this is my point. It's like chalk and cheese, isn't it? So the interests of stuff, what's going on and why it's happening and stuff, rather than Inchcliffe that's just a bell I think there was a little point on Saturday, like McCarthy was talking about how far in or on the touchline Phillips was playing. And it was like dead insightful and like, well, actually, that's why he can stretch you more from that position. And that'll be like, it's just talking. Whereas Inchcliffe's like, well, not a foul for me. Oh, mm, for me, mm. come on. Sky have got Pearson on now, which I've got sound down, but Sky have got Pearson on now. So it's interesting what that massive other pricks get to say. <laughs> just on the subject to commentary, what was the commentator on about when he started quoting Guns N' Roses and Bruce Springsteen songs and claimed it was wit? I'm not gonna. I'm never gonna criticise Daniel Mann because he's gave us. He's given us some of our greatest commentary moments ever. But uh, 
Christ knows. It was that was scraping the barrel. Maybe it was just that bad a game he was trying to entertain himself. Who knows? God knows. I mean, it, I mean, it was a stinker, and they've got us again on Saturday. But we are uh, we are a tough watch at minute. I think considering the beginning of the season, I think. I mean, obviously we'll watch them irrespective of how bad they are. But for neutrals, I think we'd have been a, I think we'd have been an entertaining watch at the beginning of the season because we we played good, attractive, attacking front foot football and everything was done really crisp and sharp and snappily. And that's gone now. We just, we're, we're just... Is that not just watch. the fact that we're so short of our best players, though? I think the standard of football, I, even if you look in the Premier League, and the standard of football is suffering a little bit because of the fatigue the players... Are suffering because they're having to cram all these games in because of the World Cup. Pardon? I, I get what you're saying, Phil, but I, I'm, I mean, I'm trying to think of how many what you describe as creative players were missing. Berger's probably the only one. Creative players, but such as tonight, Amadovic missing, a genuine left wing back missing, some Max Lowe when he was running up and down and, and causing problems at Maybe. the start of the season. You've got. Um, a fit and Jay, a fit Ollie McBurney playing. Those, those players not being there has made a massive difference. I, 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 I tweeted at the start of the game today, the amount of players that we've got not there today, there's probably maybe four at the most would start out of that game if you've got everybody available. Maybe five. Well, if everyone's available, there's only four of the starting 11 would start. Tonight, yeah. Four or five. Well, um, yeah, like Berger guaranteed to start, McBurney guaranteed to start, Anil guaranteed to start. Um no A left wing back, whoever it is. A left wing back, whoever it is. Well, just say you'd probably say no into Davis and Lowe. So like you know it's Bogle and Bogle for Bogle and Baldock's a there's That's a bit of a discussion to have there, but, but obviously Doyle, Doyle is a guaranteed starter now, as far as I'm concerned, anyway. So like Yeah, definitely. Like it's it's a strange one to the sky seems to be like peddling this narrative that we weren't at the races, but I don't know. We weren't though, we weren't at the races. No, without paying attention to the reality. But I do think I I, I stand by it. I think this idea that Everything's being crammed in. Is affecting football for injuries, but also just like teams are knackered. Like no one's, no, we just see. I think every like when it's not going to get any easier till next season, though, is it? Because they're going to play oh. right through World Cup and next season, sorry, the end of this season, the first time there's going to be a proper, a proper break, a proper length of pre-season. So, so where, where do you think? Where do you think we are then? We've we've kind of talked about this match tonight, and we've touched on a little bit of West Brom. We haven't really talked about the last six games where where we didn't win any games. But where do you think we are now? Last time we podded, I, I, I made a statement about we need to make we need twenty more wins, and we had like thirty six games left at that point. And since then, we've gone through eight games and only won two. Where, where do you think we are in state of play and and chances for the season going forward in terms of not just how we're playing at the minute, but the injuries going forward, the World Cup and how that's going to affect us, January coming along. Where, whereabouts do you think we are? 
I think we're still in a strong position. I think we've got, I think we've got inj- the injuries. We've got time with the World Cup to get players fit and back. And those that like an Oli who needs an op to get him sorted. I, I'm, I'm comfortable. I think we, every team goes through a bad patch. That's our bad patch now when we've got the chance to get some players back and fit going into a busy sort of Christmas into New Year. I'm okay with that. This isn't a great division. We've scrapped a win today. We played really well away from home Saturday. Sometimes you need to do that just to give yourself a little bit of a kickstart after a blip. Yeah, I'm with you, Ian. I think we're in a... I agree with what Dan said as well, though, that it's not exactly pretty. But it's, I think we're in a strong position. I think the game on Saturday, you've got to look at it and hope that the the Bramall Lane turns up. The club have obviously got a bit of a situation that's going to need to be sorted before the game on Saturday, which I don't think we need to to go into in any great detail. I mean, we're all season ticket holders on the cop, but like, I think. Saturday is a massive test that if we manage to get a, a win against Burnley, all of a sudden we top of the league. Likely, if we beat Burnley, we go top. Yeah, yeah. If we're beaten by a couple of goals, we do. So you can't. You, I mean, you could ask for more than that. But we, we, we. It, what's frustrating, Phil, is that I think in answer to your question, I think a few sloppy results have maybe made us, like, I think to that Birmingham game at home where we should have had them out of sight, maybe away at Coventry, we should have just we should have just been a bit more clinical. And I don't know, that's we would still be top of the league, but maybe actually being part of the chasing pack isn't the worst thing in the world. Well, we, we did say, I think last time we spoke, we did say keep in touch until the World Cup. Yeah. And... All right, we've we've got a win tonight, probably fortuitously. We got West Brom on a really good day on Saturday, I think. All right, we started well, but we didn't finish the game particularly well. Two wins that we got perhaps a little bit unexpectedly, and then maybe we've had some results that we maybe didn't deserve at home during that, that poor run. So it kind of evens itself out in that way, I guess. But I don't know. I think Saturday's a really big test, especially... Because I think we'd struggle to pick our starting eleven for Saturday at the minute, and if we can come out of that unscathed and and pick up another win, I think that's huge for us going into the next games, the last one before the World Cup. Is that right? I think it is. Two more after that. We've got Rotherham next Tuesday. Of course, we have got Rotherham and then Cardiff away. And Cardiff. Seven yeah. points out of that. Seven seven points out of them three would be would be fantastic. Mm. Burnley have got Rotherham tomorrow night. Blackburn have dropped points against Coventry tonight. That we always thought, you know, we got a terrible, you know, late defeat at Coventry that, you know, but didn't play well again. So, like I say, it's, it's anyone's this. If we can string together, we get to, if we get, if we top three or four going into that World Cup break and get players right. <coughs> Is anyone else, is it just me that's a little bit concerned about our forward line going forward into the post-World Cup? Depends on how McBurney's operation goes, but yeah, definitely. I mean, if it's a straightforward hernia operation, 
it shouldn't be a massive problem. It's keyhole, assuming it's not, you know, assuming it's not a major one. If it's keyhole and it's a straightforward hernia up, you should be back by the time, you know, everything kicks back off again. Yeah, McBurney should be. He should be. As long as nothing goes wrong, he should be fit and firing and ready to go. But as we've shown tonight, we've really only got Sharp, Kadra, McBurney and and, um, and Jay. Is there, is there any timeline on Brewster at the minute? I saw he put on Instagram something about these things happening and I'll come back stronger. But I've not seen anything. Uh, I mean, he's out it for... didn't look good though, did it? Is it uh, it's look... month on an hamstring, won't it? So me what? It's be three or four months on the hamstring. If it's... It depends what he's done, doesn't it? If it's, if, it, if, it's, if it's a pull or a strain, it might be four to five weeks. If it's a tear, it could be, what, 10, 12 weeks. It's... It, it depends. And it depends if he's, if he's got to have surgery on it and stuff like that. So, I mean, we... yeah, Chopper put a question on, on our group earlier. So, Jebison's out for the foreseeable at the minute. He's on crutches with a space boot on. Do we bring Asula back in January? Yeah, well, get McGoldrick on loan since he scores hat tricks. Um, <laughs> Three I, great finishes as well, by the way. Amazing. Um, but no, I, I think I, I don't, he's not. I, my, my view on Asula, for what it's worth, if Jebison's, like I say, I think Matt Matt was saying on the group as well, Jebison's in a got plastic boot on his foot, so he could be out for a while. So. It would just give us something different off the bench. It's raw, but he scored a couple of goals down there. He's he's on the bench now, coming off the bench with Collins starting up front with McGoldrick. So he's getting game time, but not a huge amount. But if we need to, we just get him back in. I, I, I don't see because he, he, he's he's a good option coming off the bench for us. And anything else we've got, probably there's nothing beneath him, is there? There's no one beneath him coming through that's going to no out of that academy. The, yeah, the, the, con, the concern for Wednesday. Oh, sorry? Go on, Phil, sorry. There's that Asari. I bet he's gone to Wednesday, Anna. <laughs> he's always gone for a trial at Wednesday. Well, you can check your local Spanish accountancy survey to read all the rules and regulations and why he was able to do that uh, and tell people the rules, but with no information why it happened. Uh, I'm none the wiser, by the way. But... Um, the concern for me is I know we're kind of pinning our hopes on get to the World Cup, get these injured players back, get everyone fit. But people are still going to get in after the World Cup. The players are still going to have the same amount of um, of games asked of them. You know, the, the schedule is still going to be busy after the World Cup. They're still going to be training on the same on the same pitch, they're potentially not. in worse conditions. After the World Cup, they're not be on the new one. Is that is that definitely ready for after the World Cup? Yep. Right. Okay. So that right. In that case, that maybe makes things a bit different. Well, also a thing to consider as well is if my if Kadra actually gets his head down and works hard and makes him gives Ekin Bottom a selection problem, we will probably be okay. Haven't we got a spare loan anyway? We've got a spare we've got space in the squad. We got one loan left, or not? Yeah, but there's no, there's no window till January. No, but we when do we start again? Tenth of December. Nineteenth of December, isn't it for the first game after World Cup? I thought it was tenth. But equally, well, I think yeah, because the championships are a bit earlier in the Premier, isn't it? Earlier, isn't it? 
But equally, if we're up there in January, then I'd expect the board to back him. Do you think he will? Yeah, yeah. But we've been linked with somebody midfielder from AZ Alzamar. But then Neckinbottom was asked last week about plans for January and pretty much said not expecting to do any business. Whether that's him just, you know, playing it a bit coy. And being clever, can it? Yeah, maybe. Like you say, if we, if I get accepted, we're having a run of injuries like no other. And yes, other clubs are getting players injured, but we just seem to be, for whatever reason, one after another after another. But you'd Did like you see to what think. Carlos Arba said on that the other day, by the way, his theory. So Carlos Arba was, was saying that he doesn't believe it's anything to do with training methods. It's unlikely to do with the pitch. He, he questions whether it's something to do with the supplements that the players are getting. Even though we've now got a uh, turmeric sponsor. <laughs> supplements don't injure you, though, do they? No, but they do different things to your muscles, don't they? So you can, depending on what you, the supplements do, they can uh, creatine to add bulk to muscles or you can take stuff to cut muscles down and things like that. It, to do with hydration and things that um, could have an impact on how your muscles recover from from exertion. I just thought it was quite interesting perspective from someone that's played the game at this level. I'd I mean, like to say that I've got my iron and vitamin C tablets here. If someone wants to uh, sponsor the iron and vitamin C tablets for the Four Blades in the Pub, then we'll become our, our official is. iron and vitamin C provider. Yeah. I mean... The injury ones, the injury ones, a weird one. The only, the only link I can make is there was the new strength and conditioning coach came in the summer from Preston. We were getting them last year, though, but not to this level. We had our, we had no forward line for the back end of last season. Well, yeah, but one of them were eating Dominoes or out in Italy eating Dominoes. I'd, I think there was. I think this season it seems to be more relentless. It is. It is relentless. I agree. Um, but then I, some of it is because of the schedule, isn't it? Because when the thing when is, it's, 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 it almost becomes like a self-fulfilling prophecy because you've got so many injuries, so you can't rotate your squad and you can't take players out of the first team when they're in the red zone. So then you're pushing, you're asking more of them so they break down and get an injury. So that then reduces your options even more. You're asking other players to play through injuries and play through, you know, being asked to play game in, game out. And it's just, it's almost like a, it's almost like when someone gets in, you get into a tailspin and you can't pull out of it because there's... Pretty much what Heckingbottom said, isn't it? Yeah, there's nothing you can do. We're having to get players, we're having to play players, like someone like Norrington Davis, if we'd have had Clark and Robinson he would have probably been pulled out for a couple of games. But because he because we didn't have a left-footed centre-half, he's had to play. He's probably played beyond what he should have done. And his, his hamstrings just twanged on him. So it's... You know, I mean, it, yeah. The injuries yeah. are a result... The injuries are a result of the injuries. Yeah, I think... I think it's becoming that. I do think it's becoming that. And that's a classic example. Norrington Davis has been his workload's been over and above what it would be normally for anybody. Yeah, and but also like McAtee's going to be out for Saturday. You would imagine with the dead leg, if not for Saturday and Tuesday. I think he'd be so, fine. I think McAtee'll be fine. 
I mean, it's, I mean, let's be fair. I didn't see much tonight of him. I didn't see much of the match. I didn't actually realise he were playing until he got twatted in the last minute. That's that's, that's how. A tackle, by the way. That is a yeah, it's, it's a bad tackle. But that was the first time I that was the first time I realised he was playing. But we talk we talk about Kadra and like not showing anything, and I think with McAtee it's the same. But maybe I don't know. Both maybe. If they had had more minutes, we'd know a bit more. But McAtee's a, McAtee's a different one. So I think he seems to be... There's, there's some lovely touches, like, first half. He, he When he came on, there was a couple of things. But he does go missing, Dan, like you say. That, I, I think if McAtee had come through our youth system and was playing now, like you know, like in Jayers and Norrington Davis, or we'd bought him from Forest Green Rovers, he'd be getting dogs abuse. Because he's on loan from Man City. People are a bit like, oh yeah, McAtee, yeah, he's, he's class, and he's to me, he's not, he's not showing anything. He's not. He's only getting, Michael. he's only getting a bit of a free ride because he is, you know, the next Phil Foden or something. Alex Scott for them is he is a year younger, and looks a different level. But he's also played fifty more games in the championship, starting exactly. a single week. So you, that's how you, that's how you kick on is because you you. Like, I but think then, big, big that's battle. the challenge, isn't it? How do players like McAtee kick on? Because if they, if they can't break into our team, then... I think he's level. looking better and better every time he plays McAtee. Yeah, he was quietish most of the second half, but I think he did some defensive work that was probably not his normal game that he might not have done when he first came into the side. I was surprised he's had so many bookings as well, by the way. Not as far as they were by Kieran Clark's number of bookings. <laughs> Three bookings has only played one game. What did he get one for, Dan? Eight minutes all season, managed to accrue three bookings. <laughs> what did he get one for, Dan? Looking, well, looking like a World War Two spiv. He does honestly, <laughs> Ian. He does. He looks like Private Walker from Dad's Army. We're private. We're Private Walker, weren't it, from Dad's yeah. Army? Well, well, I, I think to go back to the original question, I don't think we're in bad shape, and that's for the forward line, Phil. My little prediction is Sharp gets at least one goal in the next three games. And that'll make us all a bit more relaxed that the ball's going in off someone other than McBurney and Jai. And I also, if he'd not got a bloody calf strain, Doyle surely was due to score at some point in the next game or two as well, because he's been ever so close. I hope that was just precautionary him not playing today. I think he seemed... That's what, the, that's what United social media seemed to... Hinting at him. Also, remember with Doyle, he had a bad one in pre-season. Mm. So I think they might, because we were all questioning, weren't we, why he was going off all those games when we weren't picking up points. But he didn't have a pre-season. So maybe it's just to get him to the World Cup and then he be somebody who, who they do run, have in and run a bit and, I don't know, make sure he eats his quinoa and has his best... So, and he has his um, turmeric shots. When that would, that's the best thing that club have announced this year on Twitter. That absolutely hilarious. You can't get a drink on cop, but we've got a turmeric supplier. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, just to say, I've just seen the, some of the press conference. Come closer, Ian. I can't hear. I don't know what's going on with this mic. I was going to say, I've just seen that on the press conference, he's admitted I got he got the shape wrong to start with. Couldn't start with three in midfield with Tommy out. 
that's not a reflection on Reader. I said to the boys at half time, he's the one that's had to suffer. Yeah, so, so, so it's a, so it's it's a tactical substitution rather than because he's had a he, he's had a stinker. Then it's uh, yeah, it's to change the shape. Yeah, and um, yeah. and then Pearson subsequently has said, I don't think it was a. Uh, he's had a it, <laughs> so it looks like Pearson says, I don't think it was about us. It was about a player who was not playing well. Maybe he should have run around a bit more. We tried to sign him in the summer. I wish if he thinks he. I wonder if he think. I wonder if he wishes he thinks he should have come here instead. Well, he probably would have, but then you would have spoken to him, and you're such a fucking boring, magnanimous cunt, Pearson. Got him in a head. He wouldn't want to go anywhere near you. Yeah, what an interesting way to round it off. I mean, how has he done that? Why is he so aggressive, Pearson, towards like people interviewing him as well? You want to speak to me about penalties? Bullying him. Speaking about interviews, by the way, has anyone seen Keith Curl's interview this week? Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Grafting. I'm grafting all the way on the all the way home so I can get the hat trick. What? But Martha, but what's he doing? Exactly. How is he grafting that? Is he like sending his missus like? Fruity text messages and like while he's driving going, home. going to coach toilets and like taking a taking a, a shot of his chopper and sending that to his missus. How, how is how is he grafting? <laughs> how is he grafting? I mean, are the kids in bed? Get the whip out. What's he? What's the automatic take out of that? Get the whip out. <laughs> Put the. Put the Man City kit on with the Steve Lomas wig. (laughs) (laughs) Phil looks absolutely mortified by it. Horrified. Just trying to make sense of a tweet I've just read. Sorry. But the the important thing, anyway, lads, is after a couple of really bad weeks watching United and some really shit results, we've ground out two wins away from home. And yeah, that's that who wins two clean sheets. He's he's got so much more a minute. Not clean, Keith Curl couldn't achieve that on Saturday night, really. Are we uh, are we going to try and get together sometime before the World Cup and just have a little discussion as a before the mid season break as to a bit of a school report as to how we're doing? Yeah, that, that's definitely going to yeah. happen. I think you boys are planning to get together in the pub after Rotherham to do a quick shoot like this, maybe. But we we, we will up it. We know we've been bad, but, you know, we also have lives. Every other podcast has lives as well. Um, they just value their listenership a lot more than we value you lot. So, um win friends and influence. Right there. I've just been reading the motivational book. No, in joking aside, um, we've still we've only actually got I think three three or four players in his World Cup squad. We need to remember who they are, uh, and we will get through that. Uh, we might do a couple, put a couple in during one of the World Cup episodes. But getting getting some points back on the table, in touching distance at the top of the league, players are coming back from injury. I know it's not glamorous. 
to see Ender Stevens and Kieran Clark and Jack Robinson on the pitch, but it's certainly... Oh, I don't behind. know. I did enjoy Jack Robinson's little smash of their left, at their right I, wing. I think that was great, weren't it? Robinson's, Robinson's aggression was really important in our charge towards the playoffs last season. Yeah. And it's a good asset. Not We didn't see it much tonight, but we joke about the long throw. But with a player playing as well as McBurney is, um, that, that could be a good weapon as well. But it's been good to have a chat anyway, gents. Sorry, I'm a bit croaky. I've been ill for about 10 days. Rubbish. You two enjoy Saturday, because I know you two are both going. I'm not going to be there Saturday. You're not there Saturday? No, I'll be on a beach. Uh, I'm TBC, but it's probably not going to happen for me. With it being an early kickoff, it's a logistical. Oh, yeah, sure. So, after, after 12. Um, and the trains continue. Oh, well, I won't be on a beach. I'll be in Sam Park at half 12 on Saturday. I'm going to Tenerife. You know, Sam Parking. I, I'll be in Sam Parking. Have you seen how big his head is, by the way? Siam Park. Oh, right. Sorry. All right. Well, have a lovely holiday, Phil. And we do. Indeed. You can look after Fritz. Cheers, Dad. We do value the listeners. We do really (laughs) value the listeners. I was only teasing. Honestly. Anyway, only one thing. What do we think on Saturday then? Oh, yeah. Quick prediction. I think United win 1 0. In a scrappy game at Bernie scores. I, I think a hard fought one one. Hard hard fought draw one one. I'm gonna agree with you, Dan. I'll snatch your hand off for a draw right now. I was about to say one. I was about to say one one draw as well. So I I I think a point, I mean you go to Rotherham, which is a game in hand on Blackburn. And we see where that takes us. Three games unbeaten, seven points from nine. Players coming back, that that would be that would be a decent uh, all the points. Well, it'd be it'll be ten points from four, with two of those games being against probably the two of the four most direct promotion rivals in Norwich yeah. and Burnley. Yeah, so not bad going really. Yeah, not take that. at all, and Bristol a decent side. And West Brom will be a decent side now that the de cabbage face has gone. But yeah. Anyway. Big shout out to that West Brom fan on Saturday, by the way, calling out all his players. It's one of the most amazing tweets I've ever seen in my life. If you've not seen it, look it up. Is it that Just... angry bloke I shared, Phil? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's outstanding work. Um, but yeah, um, I hope we all have enjoyed the match on Saturday. And if you have three wishes like Keith Curl, let's hope. At least two of them come true. So, on that note, all the blades. All the blades. Blades. blades.